I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Today, we're diving into the world of working moms and the challenges they face. This week's guest, Dr. Michelle Deering, sheds light on the overworked, overwhelmed, and often overlooked aspects that working moms navigate. She emphasizes the importance of self-awareness and offers practical tips, including the power of pausing, acknowledging one's value, and creating healthy mental space. In our conversation, we explored the struggles and solutions and the paths to supporting moms in maintaining their mental health. Welcome, Dr. Deering. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Kimberly, I'm so excited to be here with you and your listeners. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? You know, when folks hang around us, because it's me, my husband, our twin daughters who are now 21, <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they actually will comment later on either that we're really loving, kind, we listen well, we tend to be very down to earth. What you see is what you get. And when they, when they like after like the first couple of times, they're sort of like, man, y'all have deep conversations. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's, that's generally what we're known for Oh, that's to be wonderful. known for anything. Yeah. 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 And so anything else when we come to your house, what can we expect? Like what kind of atmosphere? Usually the atmosphere is very laid back down to earth. You know, we tell folks come as you are. And cause that's who you'll find us being <laughs> who we are. Yeah. We're not, you know, I often, I've often thought about, okay, what is hospitality and stuff like that? And mm -hmm. for me, it's sort of like, what would I want to be experienced if I were somewhere? And that's what I try to just be myself, so uh, you good. know, so, cause we're all out there in the world, working, socializing, networking, the whole bit. And to some degree, we kind of have to have on, have our game on. And my whole thing is just be you. You don't have to have anything yeah. except you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So I am so excited to be talking about working moms. So we're going to talk about, you know, the working, the struggles that working moms face and then how they can reduce and manage their mental health, or reduce their stress and mm -hmm. manage their mental It's all related. <laughs> okay, anyway, I know. A... Do you think I need to manage my stress right now? <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> manage their mental yeah. health and mm -hmm. reduce stress. And I know you know, for me, a lot of the perspective that I'm able to give families is as a, like a stay at home work from mom situation. And so mm -hmm. I, I definitely fall short when it comes to helping working moms, because I know that the dynamic is different. I mean, we're all working moms. It's just a matter of like where you're working and Correct. how your responsibilities are divided and where you're actually like walking them out. Right. Yes. And so over the years, I've worked freelance from home. I've worked my own business from home. I've worked mm -hmm. part time out of the house and it's difficult and it's tough. And so I want to I'm so excited to have you on the show because I want to be a resource for working moms. I don't want to be, mm -hmm. oh, that's stay at home mom podcast. Like I don't want people uh, to think that I'm only offering advice for those who 
you know, well, we, I don't want to say have the luxury of time because (laughs) (laughs) we all have 24 hours, (laughs) (laughs) but I want to make sure that I am speaking to those, those women that work outside of the home and to do find that their situation and what they have to work with is different. So let's just talk about real quickly, the biggest struggles that you see working moms are facing today. Yeah. You know, I work with moms as clients on, in both arenas. And, mm-hmm. and, and what I found for the moms who are working outside, well, let me, let me back up by saying that as moms, work is like our definition yeah. <laughs> of our being. <laughs> so that's kind of like the undercurrent. So there are different kinds of stressors yeah. and no one stressor is more stressful or less stressful than the other. So yeah. with that in mind, as I'm speaking now to just those who are working outside the home, uh, I think what I've noticed are three things that they're experiencing. One, I call it the overage. So they are overworked, they are overwhelmed, and they are overlooked. Mm. And I say that in in those particular orders, uh, in that particular order, because the overworked part can't be underestimated, especially after, and we all know, the cosmic thing of COVID and and what that has done to the family at large. I think it's highlighted how much moms who work outside the home actually have to deal with when Mm -hmm. now they are either being threatened with some kind of layoff or something because they can't accommodate an employer's schedule, et cetera, or Mm -hmm. the employer's not, you know, uh, understanding of their situation and what they have to juggle with kids learning from home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and it affects different families differently depending on where you are socioeconomically, geographically. Um, but that overworked part is is mostly an economic thing. Even though we if we look at the history of women working in and just keep it to the United States, mm-hmm. you know, there are more women in the workplace the job, the kind of jobs that they have, even though they're now making 80 cents on the dollar, which is up from the 1960s, you know, they're, that pressure and the kinds of positions that they're holding are not necessarily raking in the kind of income mm-hmm. that they need to mm-hmm. survive, especially if you're a single mom working mm-hmm. outside the home. And so that overworked thing there's the economic aspect. There's the expectation that we as moms carry around in terms of what motherhood is supposed to look like. And, you know, my hope and desire and what I at least work with my mom clients with is coming to a place where they are settled in whatever that definition Mm. looks like for them. Mm -hmm. And there are many factors that go into that. And then there's the pressure, the the overworkedness, it's almost like whatever you experienced your mom as having you know, lived out before you, that factors in there too. Because yeah. uh, I believe that uh, your relationship with your mom is the foundation for your future success, whether it's parentally, professionally, or personally. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's the overwork part. Uh, I don't know if you had any questions about that before I jumped. No, no, keep going. I'm sure I will. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I mean, like, so I'm thinking of when I worked part-time for a season, probably about a year, maybe a year and a half. It was fantastic. My kids were a little bit older. They were in school for a full day. 
a friend from college reached out to me and she's like, Hey, like, I know what you're capable of. We need a little help at my company. It was a fantastic experience, but I continued to act as though I didn't have this job, meaning that there was no shift in my home of the responsibilities and how they were divided up. And so I was Mm -hmm. just literally, instead of things shifting, I was just doing that now on top of everything else I was doing. And I was like, I was, you know, a month, you know, like the, the high of just being like in the work environment outside interacting with people for the first time and, you know, getting to use a lot of my degree again. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. Like it took me about a month that wore off. And I was like, this is too hard. Like I've got to get some help. I've got to figure out what it is that's going to make this all work because Mm -hmm. This isn't, you know, there was no substitution. This was just an add-on. And so understanding what's the new balance. Yeah, I had to really pay attention to that. It's interesting you use the word add-on. We as moms, I call us the, the... the quintessential holders yeah. <laughs> of these. We're just kind of, it's like, first we're impregnated and, you know, carry the, hold the baby. Then we yeah. hurt the baby. Then we're holding everybody else's stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, people kind of like walk by us and they just add things on. And then sometimes we add things on expecting that, oh, I guess we just, I'm just going to add things on, but you had a pause. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who hangs around me long enough will often hear me say it's important for us to pause, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. Yes. Okay. The second thing. So there's overwork. The overwhelmed part, I think, comes into, you know, as as a mother daughter relationship, personal trainer, I'm looking at the whole mom in in how she's relating to her daughter. But I bring to that my background as a licensed clinical psychologist, but then also as a sp- Sports psychologist, mm-hmm. where I'm, where I'm looking at how your mind is working and in relation to your body and the mm-hmm. decisions that you make. But what I found is that that overwhelmed thing usually stems from us as women, but then as moms in particular, not attending to our bodies mm-hmm. and not attending to or not advocating for what our real needs are or what our real feelings are. It's just mm-hmm. this. And it goes back to what I was mentioning earlier about the expectations that are out there that drive us to overwork. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's something that is going to be, that's something that uh, another big problem that, that women are overwhelmed because they're not attending to their bodies. They're not in mm-hmm. tune with what's going on yeah. and they easily brush it aside for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, do you find that those expectations are external or internal? Do you find both. it's 50-50, both? They're yeah. both. And everyone's everyone's story determines that the percentage of that. Hmm. Which is why I don't like which is why I don't like making generalizations, mm-hmm. even though I've been doing this for over 20 years, you know, and 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 that's what informs what I do, but yeah. then also, you know, the things that I see moms presenting yeah. to me. That makes um, sense. Yeah. I struggle then, more with my internal expectations than I do with external. I can set people straight about mm-hmm. what they can expect from me, but it's me who I find that has this, you know, imaginary made up standard that who's, who said I have to do that? Like, you know, that, actually re- that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then recalibrating and going, wait a minute, do I really need to meet this? Ex- like who, who says mm-hmm. this is what I have to do? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why and again, I'll get into it in a little bit, but in terms of that's why it's so important to pause. And I'm big on pausing because if you don't pause, something else will pause it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of the third thing overlooked, 
you know, and if you're a mom who's working outside the home and you have a daughter in particular, not that I don't love our sons. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone's important, but it's, we know as women, what it's like when we're having one of those days and we're just venting to our bestie. And that person remains our bestie because when you're done venting, you'll, you'll hear her say, yeah, I I hear you girl. (laughs) You know, because she gets you because in that moment you have experienced her seeing, hearing, and understanding you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's that I think as, as women and as moms in particular, we're so accustomed to putting ourselves last. That's why I, I, one of my pet peeves is this notion that being a mom is supposed to be sacrificial. And I don't believe that. I think that it's all about making sure that you attend to what gives you oxygen and get that mask on first, mm-hmm. because if you don't have the oxygen, you're not going to be able to help everybody else around you mm-hmm. who's really depending on you. And so if you're overlooking yourself, then it's going to end up feeding into a cycle where you're going to be susceptible to the mommy guilt and mm-hmm. the things that are driving you to then mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed and then yeah. which will then feed into being overworked. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any tips real quick on how to and I've tried a couple things with my family how mm-hmm. to be seen meaning that like so for example we have family meetings every week and one mm-hmm. of the things that we go over the itinerary for the week and in the beginning I used just used to cover what everybody else was doing right because I was managing like you've got this tonight and you've got that tonight and and then I started to include what I was up to during the week because there was a tendency for me to just not tell them about it because I was only speaking to the things that they needed to know about, or I was managing for them. And then I was like, wait a minute, like they need to know that I do things, but I will often feel unseen, but I also want to, I want to train my kids to see me. So do you have any tips for that? Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things. So many things. (laughs) But that's that's outside the scope of this, actually. Uh, If if you have moms who are listening uh, right now, I mean, I kind of cover this in my book, What Mothers Never Tell Mm -hmm. Their Daughters. But the the important thing that I'd say to you, first and foremost, is the way you can get folks to see you is to first see yourself and and that you can only do that if you're pausing and it's like working you know again I'm a sports psychologist also so I'm big on you know working out things of that nature it's like going to the gym and if you haven't been to the gym that's okay but it's like working a muscle or, or for the first time, if you, it's not going to happen overnight if the goal is to build up that muscle or your strength in that area. So just recognize I can sit here and easily say, because I know after 20 years of doing this, yeah. you really need to kind of see yourself first. That muscle is just going to be something that you're going to need to exercise over yeah. time. And that's the kind of stuff I work with moms on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's talk about five ways to create a healthy mental space without losing your mind. So that's going to tap into <laughs> addressing some of the things that you just shared with us. Yeah, actually. And as I said, I am really big on us as women, but moms in particular, learning how to pause mm-hmm. to consider 
our body of behavior. And Mm -hmm. I use those words together because our body is the storehouse. And if we brush it aside and we as women, they, the, the, the myth out there is that guys don't pay attention to their bodies and whatnot. they don't want to go to the doctor. Well, we as women are culpable yeah. too. <laughs> we can be like yeah, that too, yeah, yeah. you know, so really pause to consider the body behavior, what's going on in your body. And then two, address what I call the misses, you know, where have we missed it in terms of how we're seeing things? what mm-hmm. we're understanding about those things that we're seeing and what we're communicating about those things that we're understanding and seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that usually takes a little bit more work. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff I do with my clients. But um, once you've worked on those, then the next thing, and this is something that is easy to do. Actually, it sounds easy to do. And I'll say just for myself, not just only for my clients, it's a process, mm-hmm. but you need to when you go to the bathroom and you actually look at yourself in the mirror, practice staring into your eyes. And after you've stared into your eyes, then you really need to smile at yourself to release the happy hormone called dopamine. Mm. We, it, 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 it is released with things that we find comforting, pleasurable, things of that nature. So something as simple as, and the science is there, when we smile, it elevates the level of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really stare at yourself into your eyes, smile at yourself, and then say one affirming thing about your value. Mm-hmm. Because there are enough things and people and circumstances out there that will want to tear you down. But if you start your day by acknowledging whatever one affirming thing you want to say about yourself and your value, honing in on your value, Mm -hmm. uh, that will go a long way. So Mm. again, the five things are, you know, pause to consider your body's behavior, address the misses, then stare at yourself in the eyes, smile, (laughs) (laughs) and then say one affirming thing to yourself about your value. Okay. And, 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 you know, and just as an example, I'll use myself as an example. If, as you read my book, you, you'll know, I didn't grow up in the best of situations. And so for me to receive a compliment was like really hard. Mm -hmm. Granted my husband who will celebrate our 30th anniversary this year, I you know, for him to give me compliments, it took me the longest time. Mm. But once I started practicing that, what I just mentioned to you and your listeners, it became easier and easier over time. So. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. So could you just tell us a little bit about your book? Yeah. It's called What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters. It's available in all formats and including audio. And I do the, I actually do the reading Mm -hmm. in the book. And so, but it's, it's really a book that's intended to be a tool for moms. It's not a how-to book. It's a very conversational book where I Mm -hmm. give moms tools to actually start the process of pausing to consider Mm -hmm. their body of behavior so that Mm -hmm. they can actually make intentional, informed connections with their daughters and have more meaningful conversations with her. Oh my gosh, that's that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, the, actually the title was birthed out of 
I was having, when my daughters were in middle school, I was having one of those moments. You, I know you've been there where you're like pulling your hair and you're just like, oh my God, I just wish. And, and in that moment, I said to my husband, cause I was literally, my hands were up in the air and I was like, I just wish they, I could tell them why it is I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm asking them to do these things. And mm-hmm. that title, that those words came back to me when I had sat down to write the book. Mm. So. so you've had, so you've applied, obviously you've applied a lot about what you've written, but like, what was the first step of that? What did the first step look like for you in that? In terms of what? Just once you came to that aha, you were just like, I need to change something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was the first step that got you moving in the direction that ultimately led to this book? Oh, that led to the book. Well, I was, <laughs> I had, we had, our family had moved from New Jersey to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I came to North Carolina with my plan of yeah. how I wanted <laughs> things to go professionally, et cetera. Yeah. And in the process of doing that, my husband and I also run Spartan races. We just moved into the house. I'd been used to working and I was make a long story short, I accidentally slipped down the stairs carrying something and ended up two hip surgeries later over the course of two years, had to convalesce for uh, like probably a total of eight months where all I was doing was sitting and reevaluating my life at that time. You were pausing. Yeah, I was pausing. (laughs) Remember I I said early, if you don't pause, then something will pause it for you. And so for me, that was the second big pause that Mm -hmm. led to the immediate, okay, what's really on my heart is to really help moms because I was noticing a lot of younger moms who were unintentionally doing a lot of things with their daughters that they weren't aware of and mm-hmm. they knew what I was do- what I did for a living and they would talk to me and mm-hmm. I just thought well let me just try to help more moms yeah. and so I sat down to pen the book and that's how that happened and that's that's my passion it's because our daughters are if they choose to be moms the future moms who will be raising the next generation of, of boys and girls and so um, that's my whole thing is to help the next generation one mom at a time and moms you're not alone uh, if I could, you know, say anything, you're not alone. We don't do this thing perfectly, me included. But one thing mm-hmm. we do perfectly is that we love our kids imperfectly. Yeah. And so my book and the work that I do with moms, whether it's one-on-one in a group or in my online courses, is all about giving moms the tools and direction. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. You can find Dr. Deering on curativeconnections.com. She's on Instagram as at Mother Daughter Connections. You can download her free PDF called The Quick Guide to Less Arguments with Your Daughter on her website. Plus, while you're there, check out her podcast, Mother Daughter Connections. I'll link to all of that, plus where you can find her book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters, in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect. It's about purpose.